0: Hi, everyone. This is Martin Willis with the Antique Auction Forum. Today's episode is number 119 with Dale Blackwelder. He is a picker who specializes in artwork. A very interesting. It's a short podcast, but I hope you enjoy today's show. This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com. I'm with Dale Blackwilder. How are you doing, Dale? Pretty good. Now, you've been dealing in art for how long? Or really well, I, I
1: had my first store, I think, in 1969 or 70, oh, and look. I used to do clocks and music boxes, and I always had an affinity to, for art, and I liked looking at it, and I started collecting paper works, and now it's mostly oils and...
0: Uh uh-huh. So you've evolved um, mostly into art over the years?
1: Well, yeah. It's, uh, I, I like mechanical things. And when yeah. I could see really well, it was easy to do. And it was a quick, you know, I could clean a clock and make a few mo- dollars. And, and yeah. at that time, the, the Europeans were sending everything over to the United States. Or you could go into warehouses and buy 50 great clocks and oil paintings and things it was just a there was so much of it yeah and it was really inexpensive so i started then
0: now in our conversation we had prior to this uh you don't use a computer you never used a computer you never it, will probably
1: um most likely not I, I just i i don't use it i find that it 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 keeps you from learning what looks good and what isn't
0: good. I like that.
1: You know, I, I mean, because like if you only buy it because somebody else says that it's good, yeah. then you really don't have the feel for what art is. Art is in the eye of the beholder. And if you don't like it, somebody else will. So it's it's, you don't have to like it to sell it. You don't have to like it to own it, you know, because there's something for everybody out there. So, and if you only restrict yourself to what the computer says, then you're not buying art. You're just buying... Something yeah. off the computer.
0: There's a old term I've heard many times, a book buyer. They call it a book buyer because they buy it because it's in the book.
1: Right. You know. You And know, it, it, it does help sell it. You can have a coffee table book with that artist or that painting in it and say, yeah. oh, well, here you go. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what it is, somebody's going to buy it because it's in the book. Yeah. So
0: Now, do you think you developed an eye for art on your own, or do you think it was trial and error, or do you think you just naturally had that?
1: Well, I i tell you what I recommend to people. I say, what you need to do is go buy some art magazines and, you know, and like American Art Review. Yep. And just, you don't even have to buy it. Just go to the bookstore, sit in the chair, yep. and thumb through it every single month. Because they do sometimes obscure regional artists, and sometimes, a lot of times, they do very famous artists. And just look and look and look to train your eye and say, oh, I like this one. Mm-hmm. Or if you go to an auction house, if there's ever an auction around where you are, go to the auction. You don't have to buy anything. What you go through there and say, okay, don't look at the prices or the numbers or the estimates. Just go through, I really like that one. Yeah. And I really hate that one. <laughs> and if the one you really hate is $20,000 and the one you really like is two hundred, figure out why. And then you go back and get the results because the auction houses are very friendly about saying, well, we sold this because they want you to know that we can sell your stuff. And if every time you pick out a painting and it's the one you hate and it sells for the most, you might want to reevaluate what it is you see and don't see. Uh And that's a good way to learn values of things about what you like and what other people like.
0: You say you just kind of have to adjust in what you're attracted to. Well, if you want to
1: sell it. Yeah. Yeah. You you just have to figure it out. And the same thing with museums. Go to a museum. Yes, I I agree. I agree. And, and I think that's a really good way to learn. And see everything you can see. And pretty soon your eye will gravitate up and up and up and up until you can say, this one almost got it. I mean, he, yeah. if he would have just done just a little yeah. tweak over here, the whole thing would explode.
0: Well, you know, it's just, uh, there's a saying I've said before in a podcast, a painting is only good as its weakest element. Right. And uh, another thing my father used to say to me is, Never look at the signature. Always look at the painting.
1: Right. Absolutely. You know? The signature. I mean, it means a lot at the, at the tail end. But in the beginning, yeah. it, it's, look at it at it's the totally end. how it... And and, and and when I sell art, I tell people, don't buy it because of the name. Right. Buy it because it you will like grab it. you yeah. one day a month, every yeah. couple of months. And you stand in front of it and you go, oh, I yeah. know why I bought it. Yeah, That is the painting for you. It might not... Be the most renowned artist, or mm-hmm. it might not even be signed. It just, yeah. if it invokes an emotion in you, that's your painting. Yeah, yeah. So. Now,
0: a lot of times, um, I always kind of go on the dark side of collecting and wheeling and dealing, and a lot of times people will buy paintings that look like an artist, and then next thing you know, you see it in an auction with a signature. With a
1: signature on it? Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, <laughs> there are there are things that you need to do if you're going to buy a lot of art to sell art. Uh, a good magnifying glass, yeah. a black light. Yeah.
0: Um, There's even some way to get around. A black light will fluoresce a fake
1: signature, but yeah. there are
0: ways around right.
1: that. Right, and so red so. doesn't bounce back That's like right. the other ones. So there are the one things you need yeah. to learn if you're going to be a reputable yeah. art dealer and try to be honest as much as you can with the person. And, you, you know, yeah. you, you do have to be leery of a few things. that it, it, It's too good to be true. It's yes. probably too, good to, be too good to be true. Yeah, So especially if the price is... Right. I find that if you're out searching, a dollar painting is easier to make money on than a $500 painting because whoever asking $500, they've done some real research on it, and it's close or not yet. But yeah. the ones that are just, like, off in the corner for a buck, they stand a chance to be real yeah it's that's t- that's
0: really something i never thought of
1: yeah no it's yeah. it's it's so just because it's a dollar yeah doesn't mean it's not as good as the guy asking 500 dollars for the thing because yeah he, he just didn't take he didn't like it yeah <laughs> and it sat over there
0: you know uh, i don't know if you've ever thought this way or not but when i was in california for nine years if i go into an estate sale and the first few things i saw were Way way overpriced. I got excited because I knew they didn't know what
1: they were doing. Right, that's exactly right. And and you know what? You can go into the most highbrow store or the most lowbrow store. Not everybody knows everything. And that's right. Yeah. You, there, there is something for you. So don't be intimidated by you walk yeah. in and it's everything's thousands and thousands of dollars. Just just take your time and enjoy yeah. it. Figure out why they priced it like that. And there's probably something in there they didn't price properly. That's that you might be able to get,
0: and and where do you find your buys in places like that?
1: <clears throat> well, people say, "How do you get so much stuff?" And I say, "I never not stop." Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's it thrift stores. Anything you can go anywhere. You know, now, where are you where do you live? I live in Hot Springs, Arkansas.
0: You're in Arkansas, okay. right? Yeah,
1: but in Arkansas, in some of the communities that people retire to, which is a The state only has a couple million people, and a lot of people leave there, but a lot of people come to retire. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. So in the 50s and 60s, a lot of people came to Arkansas to retire in the 70s, and they got rid of a lot of things. And they come from New York and Chicago, and kind of like a warm thing. They didn't want to go down to Florida. And uh, they brought a lot of really wonderful paintings and furniture just and like they glass. do Florida, just everywhere the else airport. right yeah. so if you if you happen to be lucky enough to be near one of those communities uh yeah. you can shop those estate sales and things because yeah. those were people's things that they thought were the best and a lot of times they are
0: yeah that's right they brought the best and sold the yeah they right want.
1: and so it, it's you know it helps the family because they liquidate it and you, you know you can pay a little more because you have a little more information yeah now, you said you don't use computers. Do you have books? Do you... Uh, I, I, I think I'm a very tactile person. I know it. So I like nothing more than to sit down and hold the book and browse it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm i not very good with names, so names don't seem to affect me too much. I, I, I'm really a tactile and a visual person. Yeah. And I can tell brush strokes and yeah. I can tell things that doesn't... If you can't read the signature, you can...
0: Tell the you artist tell, by how he painted
1: it. That's right. I
0: really, I love to look at really good brushwork. Sometimes right. you can stare across the room and a painting looks great, oh. but when you go up close to it, you see this wonderful brushwork that is just amazingly tight and amazing. Right. And
1: it's, it's strictly identifiable. I mean, it's, exactly. It, yeah, you can have a, a signature that has no. You way can't of figure to, out the signature, right? And you look at it and go, "Oh, well, that's of course that's what it is."
0: Another thing I've noticed that sometimes an artist will do such a wonderful, like, academic work on something, and then the signature, you can't figure it out. No no matter what. But one of the tips my father taught me, which is, I'm going to spread the news on this one, (laughs) is uh, when you're having a difficult signature to figure out, take a piece of paper and start backwards. Because if you go forward, your mind's trying to tell you a name. If you go backwards, keep it in limbo. So, you have a much easier time
1: figuring out a name. And and, and to the neophyte people, I'm a neophyte too. I'm certainly not in the class of a lot of people, but I I tell them computers are wonderful. It's a great tool. It truly is. Because you can, if you have somewhere to start, you can go there and actually see results and things like that. But I use uh, the print media because. If you look at the signature and there's seven letters in it and you get three of them, yeah. you can go to, like, Davenport's or, That's right. or any Davenport one of those other ones yeah. and say, okay, it starts with a D and it ends with an E. There's five letters in it. And if you take the time, if it's good enough and you yeah. think it warrants that, you can go down and pretty pick out probably six names that fit that category. Then you look at the date and, and the genre and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you go to the computer and all of a sudden you say, oh. Well, this is like one of the thousand he did. And it's so I, I don't know if a computer can do that because I don't use a computer, but I do know that the print yeah. will help you a long way. And people yeah. forget about it and don't want to do it anymore. They just want to yeah. stand there and say either this is it or it isn't. And I, I, maybe it's the, the mystery in it or the hunt, or yeah. but I, I like the work.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: It's fun to me. Yeah. And if you get into it, it could be fun for everyone, too. Yeah.
0: I had my, my father at an auction hall for years and had a, a painting hanging with an indistinct signature. And everybody always tried to buy it, but nobody knew what it was. And I remember I spent an entire weekend, but I did figure you it didn't out. didn't figure it out,
1: right. And uh, he did very well. Well, another <laughs> tip is to ask everybody you know. Say, okay, yeah. I'm going to show you something. First thing comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't I, deliver it. Don't anything. Yeah. It, it, it could be brown. It could be blue. It yeah. could be whatever name you want. And I say, and I, yeah. so I ask my friends. So they have a pop quiz when they come over and say, okay, I yeah. bring out three things and say, give me the first one. Or you can put a, um, a mirror in yes. front of it. yep. And read it backwards like you said. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes the reverse twist of it. It's, so there are little techniques that you can learn and try on your own to help you identify things. And yeah.
0: So, well, I also think that it's really important for someone that knows art to have them have their very first impression of it. Like I will, oh right, you just turn, you, like a friend of mine. What do you think? I'm going to say, I'm going to turn this around and you tell me what you think right now. Right, and it, you turn it around right then. And your first and an impression is generally
1: th- that's the right. Best. Yeah. If you
0: have a little teeny tinge in your gut that something's wrong about it, you're Same. probably oh, right.
1: Right. right. You yeah. know, because there's a lot more fakes well, uh, out there. That, that holds true with the rest of the life too if you yeah if it comes there one time listen to it because yeah. it's probably the right answer yeah first stage. because you bury it the first thing you know yeah right so yeah, yeah. just listen to it early
0: yeah that's right that's you know? right well let's talk about what are some of your good finds
1: uh let's see uh there's there's a lot of small auctions in arkansas and, and i go to these auctions and uh, buy a few things and had a couple of good purchases, you know, just simple little yep. things. And then, so the uh, a gentleman had moved to Hot Springs years ago with his family, came from Hollywood. They had really, really exquisite taste. From Hollywood to Hot Springs? Right. <laughs> and he was a confirmed bachelor, and at yep. the end of his life, he was kind of a hoarder and had, re- uh, you know, uh, turned to an introvert. The roof leaked and the papers were stacked up and the yeah the i know the type the, yeah. right and and things were stacked against the wall and mold had just kind of like yeah, engulfed the yeah. whole entire thing and he died and left everything to the catholic church and the executor of the state said well you have to sell everything through auction and uh you, you can't sell it privately or something or i would have loved to have purchased a lot of things but there were some paintings stacked up against the wall and, and uh Went through them, and they were completely covered in mold and things like that. Mm. And uh, I said, these are really have some value. And he said, how could they have any value? We were going to throw them out. What? I said, the first rule is don't throw anything away. Yes. Just because you don't like it or the condition yeah. doesn't matter. Have some eyes look at have it Have somebody yep. look at it. And so I picked a couple paintings out, and one of them – Got nearly sixty thousand bucks, and the rest wow. of them were five or ten thousand dollars. So he had really nice things, and they were they had to be you know cleaned and yes and and brought up. So and
0: a lot of times you see cigarette smoke nicotine. Oh yeah, and so. it's
1: just as black as the Ace yeah. of Spades. Yeah, and it, it's it, it's actually pretty simple to remove, but boy, it does change the color. And then yeah. all of a sudden, your wonderfully dark moody painting is just bright brilliant. Yeah, color, I yeah, I've seen that. I've uh, seen that change. I, I've I've it, not. In the art world, I found a lot of paintings, you know, like I say, the dollar ones are an easy thousands dollars a lot of times because they just are easier to make money with but uh mm-hmm. let me see well, i I bought in, you know uh there was a a painter called William Whitson, and it was the most beautiful nude I ever bought in my entire life. It was just huge and it was in a little junk mall, and they didn't like it because it, it was exposing it was the, yeah. yeah. the yeah. naked body of a woman and it turned out to be a, a real nice painting and and yeah. um uh oh we were at a um, Picasso sh- retrospective at the museum in, in Little Rock and uh there were you know Diego Rivera's and things like that tied into it to make the show full and mm-hmm. right next to Diego Rivera was this little bitty tiny cubist painting by a guy named Holti and uh he didn't make it as big as Rivera and Picasso and Holty
0: H O so, L T yeah Carl
1: Holty uh-huh. and um, I have a life size portrait of his wife in 1914 and uh, nice and and he was what it was is all these cubist and young artists at the time would go to his studio and drink and frolic and have parties and I have some books with him sitting in the studio with all these ah. great artists, and they all took off and were yeah. everywhere. But there was a little tiny, you know, ode to Holti next to the Diego Rivera, and it was this, this you know, giant painting and this little bitty tiny thing <laughs> next to it. So it's yeah. fun, and I, I love it. It's one of my things. And then, uh, let's see, I was here, oh, I'm here today at uh yeah. Texas, and one of the times I was here, I bought a. Um, I went into one of the fields and there was this really bright colored rug. And uh, I said, Well, how much is your rug? And the guy gave me a price and it wasn't very much. And he said, I don't know why it's so much money. My neighbor gave it to me to sell and he says he has to get this amount. And I said, Well, I, I can do that. And so I paid him, didn't try to trivialize it by. Yeah, I'll give you nothing for nothing. Yeah, And uh, so I bought it and I was happy as a lark and it turned out to be like a seven by nine Germantown eye dazzler ah. And uh, so my daughter wanted a painting by an artist named V. He was a German secessionist. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a portrait of this angelic woman. It was on paper and it was a hand cut frame that he had done. And it was just exquisite. And uh, so the guy that owned it, when I showed him the rug, just about died, and the painting was very expensive. And so he paid me a lot of money for the rug, and I got the painting for my daughter. So At the same time? At, well, I traded. The, the yeah, rug yeah. was okay. very expensive, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I so I traded it. him cash, and I got the painting for her, so I... Nice. So it's it's you can trade or barter or yeah. however you want to do it. You do a
0: lot of that, a lot of trading and bartering.
1: I, it's you good live for me. It, don't you? Yeah, yeah it's, it, it, whatever works. I, yeah. I I'm not adverse to any of that. It's it's just you know that's how you get it. And some people have a lot of money. Some people don't. So yeah. it's easier to trade or whatever. I I don't mind. It's uh, yeah.
0: Now, what do you? Uh, just one last thing. We're going to end the okay. podcast. What do you think the future of collecting is going to be? Any ideas?
1: Well, I think the new shows have really, really sparked interest in... You're talking about television shows. Right. You're not the first one to say that. And and I think, uh, you know, it, it, it distorts the value of things. Yes. So be very careful because you see it on TV and they say, this is yeah. $50,000. This was the hit of a lifetime. Yeah. and. It might be that particular one because it has a blue bird in it. Yeah. And you own the yellow bird. That's Yours right. is only worth $400, and theirs is worth X amount. So you, you have to be very careful. Just because it appears on TV as a certain thing and yeah. the Holy Grail, it's probably not the one you own. And everybody yeah. says, well, it's just like that, they except that. for yeah. that. Yeah. And so you just have to be realistic and, you know, it's just like everything else. It's a, it's a big wave and it, it goes up and down and up and yeah. down. If you like art, you buy it because you like it. If you're going to invest in art, hold on to it because it's going to go up, it's going to go down, know when to sell it. It's like those cowboy songs, you know, when the hole, no one to fold, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, it's a longevity thing. But if you're doing the flip quick, which a lot of people do and make a lot of money, yeah. You know, you just have to, you know, if you, if you think you're running a museum, that's really good. Hold on to it. <laughs> but if you just want to sell it, sometimes if you get offered something, sell it.
0: Yeah. You know, because there's, the, there's a saying that everybody makes a little money or no one right. makes any money.
1: Right. So yeah. and there's more out there and yeah. and taste change. And, you know, so if you buy mid range stuff for a lot of money, you're going to own it. Yeah, that's right. If you buy inexpensive things, you can sell inexpensive things every day. Or you can sell the very best anytime you want. That's right. The mid-range is a crapshoot. Everything else is easy.
0: Well, I think that's really stellar advice. This is Martin Willis with Dale Blackwelder, and that's it for today. We're signing off. This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com.